The following audio is from the Grove Church Snohomish campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. Well, good morning, Grove Church. So happy that you're here today. My name is Andrew, and my wife Amanda and I are the campus pastors here at our Snohomish campus. We're so thrilled that you are here today. And if you're a guest with us or checking out the church for the first time, we would love to meet you in the lobby today, uh, give you a free gift, but also just get to know you a little bit better. So we'll do that right after service. Well, today is a significant day in the life of our church today. We've been building up to this moment, and maybe this is your first Sunday back in a little while, or maybe you've been a part of this series and this journey that we've been on, but we're in a series today, and we're finishing called uh, Stop Going to Church. And the reason why today is a significant day for us is that here in just a moment, um, as you came into the doors today, on your table or on your chair there, uh, there is this card that says, uh, what's your next step? And so I'll be explaining this and taking most of the message today to talk about everything on this card. We've been building up to this card and this moment. And uh, really the, the goal of today, and I'll, I'll get to the card here at the end of the message, the goal of today is to really ask every single person in this room to take a next step. And uh, it, it, we're talking about in this series, what does it mean to be the body of Christ? That we don't just go to church. This is actually just a service. We are the church, and God's people are the church. And so today, we're going to be fleshing that out a little bit more. But I want to kind of recap where we've been, what's got us to this point, and then we're all going to move towards action with this next step card. The other cool thing about today that's very significant and why some of us are wearing this shirt is that tonight at 6 p.m. is our baptism pool party. It's a huge event. The entire church is welcome to come and be a part of this. And it's just an awesome evening where we get to see water baptisms happen. But in addition to that, we just get to have fun together and, and do life together. It's happening just right down the road here at the Aquatic Center, 6 to 8 p.m. It's a free event for your entire family. Even if you're not getting baptized, even if you don't want to get wet, even if you hate water, I would just encourage you to come out and be the church. But we're going to experience baptisms tonight. And so it's a significant day for our church. The final reason why it's significant in the life of our church right now is that today is Baptism Sunday. Today we're following these next steps. But this week launches our prayer nights um, at our Marysville campus starting at 6 p.m. And it's really meant for the church to gather and just pray together, specifically for people who are needing breakthrough needing healing, needing God to move in their lives. And so this entire week, uh, we're going to God in prayer boldly and believing him to move on our behalf. And it culminates in our worship night next Friday night where we're gonna worship God together and experience his presence. So it's a significant day for a variety of different reasons. But here's where we've been to get us to where we are today. In week one of Stop Going to Church, we talked about uh, the question of all questions is really the, the title of the message. And it was a question that Peter answered about Christ. It's a question that you and I have to actually answer personally for our lives. This question, in my opinion, is more important than who you will marry. It's more important where you'll go to school. It's more important in what city or community you grew up in or where you're from. It's more important than what kind of degree you'll major in. It's more important than how much money you will make. It's more important than where you will live. And this question is a very important question. And I think all of life starts with this question. And the question is, who do you say Jesus Christ is? Who do you personally say Jesus Christ is? 
When it comes to faith in Christ, it can't just be your parents' faith. It can't be your grandma's faith. It can't be because your grandpa prayed for you as a kid and you're still thinking. It's a question that you and I have to answer personally for our lives. Can't be our girlfriend's faith. Can't be because we were raised in a Christ-centered home. Can't be because we always went to church as a kid. You and I have to come to the answer of the question of who do you say Jesus Christ is. When Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say Jesus Christ is? It was Peter, you know, the loud mouth, the one that always got in trouble, at one point cut off someone's ear, that's in the Bible. But it was Peter that said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That's the answer that I think to life. And it's a question that you and I have to come to grips with to answer if we're gonna follow Jesus. In week two, We partied. If you're new to the church, we just celebrated one year of being the Grove Church Snohomish, and it's been an incredible experience coming into the community of Snohomish. This is a beautiful community, but actually seeing God move in our lives within this church. And what's cool is we got to celebrate at our birthday party, our one-year birthday party. We got to celebrate all that God has done in people's lives. I think the most powerful day of that service uh, was having the individuals who, who were standing up here and sitting up here with me, share their story of what God has done in their life uh, through our church. Because we all know it's just all about stories of life change. That's why we're here. We gather so that people can come to know Jesus. In, in week three, uh, we talked about uh, the advice that Jethro gave to Moses. And if, if you were here, great. If not, I'll give you a little recap here. So uh, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, Moses has, Moses has family coming into town. And uh, Jethro comes into town and he's celebrating with Moses all that God has done and reminding him of God's faithfulness of bringing the people out of Egypt and the different wonders and signs that God did through the parting of the Red Sea or bringing them out of captivity under Pharaoh's rule. And then it's in this conversation that God's people, the people of Israel, just keep coming to Moses by the thousands, okay? We're talking about thousands and thousands of people just coming to him. And it's Moses kind of sitting, you know, on this chair or this kind of this, in my mind, like a little bit of a throne and everyone's coming to him and he's basically answering all their questions and he's weighing in on all the decisions and he's the one man show. And Jethro sees this right away and says, Whoa, time out. What you're doing is not good. In fact, you're going to wear yourself out. Moses, if you keep trying to do this all on your own, trying to answer every question, deal with every situation, lead all these people and all the things that they have going on, you're going to wear yourself out. You were never meant to do this alone. He basically says to Moses, you need to raise up people both men and women, of leaders that can be of tens and twenties and fifties and hundreds and thousands. You need to raise up people to lead these groups of people because if you try to do this all on your own, Moses, you're basically going to die physically, spiritually, in every way. Great advice. One of the cool things that Jethro says to Moses, which I talked about, is what he says to Moses gives a little bit of a, of a window, just a peek a sneak peek of of what it really means to be a shepherd over God's people. He basically tells Moses, your job as their leader, as their pastor, is to lead them spiritually, 
to teach them my law, to teach them the scriptures, to show them what it means to follow me, but raise up other people who are able to lead them so that you don't wear yourself out. Last week, we had my man Evan teach on the fact that you and I, we don't go to church. We are the church. We're the body of Christ. The church is a movement. It's a people. It's a living body. And that you and I have been called to use the gifts that he's given us to equip the body of Christ. And it leads us to this conversation today. This is a conversation that has led, up, led us up to this point that you and I are the church. We get to be the church and we get to walk out what it means to live for him. In Ephesians, I want to read a passage of scripture. And then again, I'm going to spend most of my time today um, walking through this card. But in Ephesians, this is one of Paul's letters. One of the cool things about Paul is that if you don't really like Christians all that much or they've ever bugged you, Paul's your guy. Because Paul, before he was Paul, was Saul. And if you remember, he persecuted the church. Yeah, at one point in the scriptures in the Acts, one of Luke's writings, it was Paul at that time, Saul, who basically was, was near or gave approval to the stoning of Stephen. But we know that Saul was wreaking havoc on the early church with massive persecution, destroying God's people, killing them, ordering the assault on them until in Acts 9, Saul has this encounter with Jesus standing before him saying, why are you persecuting me? And it's in that experience that Saul becomes the Apostle Paul and he writes letters to the church. He's written almost all of the New Testament. Two-thirds of the scriptures were written alone by the Apostle Paul. We're going to pick it up here just in chapter 2, very famous passage of scripture here. It says in verse 4, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Verse eight. For by grace, everyone say grace. Come on, everyone say grace. grace. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's pray for God's word today. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this moment in our church. It's a very significant moment, God, as I'm asking every person in the room to take a next step, to be your church. And I thank you, God, that your spirit is alive in us, and I thank you that you are building your church. And Lord, today we are just reminded, even in the songs that we sung, that the foundation of our lives, of your church, of your people, is Jesus Christ. We place our trust and our faith in Jesus today. And I pray today, Lord, as we are gonna respond as the body of Christ today, I thank you, God, that you're drawing us out to be your church. 
You're drawing us out to use the gifts and the passions that have already been there to further the work of God. And I pray, God, not by pressure or any type of manipulation, but only by your Holy Spirit would you draw each person to what it is you're asking them to do in their walk with you. It's in your good name we pray. Amen. It's cool because Paul says God loves us. And in his rich mercy, he's made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. I love the song that we sang today because the final song that we sang today talked all about the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. It's the reminder that you and I, without Christ, are lost. That sin separates us from having a relationship with God, but because God sent his only son and lived a sinless life, and through his rich mercy, we can now be made alive in him and free from sin. Paul goes on to say that it's because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we've been given new life spiritually in this age. So we get this experience with God because of Jesus and what he's done for us on the cross through the death, burial, and resurrection, we get to experience new life in him today. In fact, that is the significance of water baptism. Tonight, as people will go under the water and they're basically what they're saying is, I'm making my faith public in Jesus. This, this is an action, but my faith is in Jesus. And what's so cool about water baptism is water baptism ex- explains perfectly what Paul's saying here about new life. That in this life, I'm gonna go old under the water and come up new in Christ spiritually. I get to have a newness in my life. The old is gone and the new has come. It's also significant that Paul also says, but I'm also going to experience this eternal life in Christ Jesus. That I, when I put my faith in Jesus and he becomes the rock upon which I stand, I not only experience new life today and joy and hope and peace today, but I also get to experience eternal life with him forever. He goes on to talk about the power of grace. He says, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Salvation, therefore, in Paul's language, in every respect, is not your own doing. There's nothing you and I can do to earn the love of God. We cannot work harder, try harder, do more. There's nothing that we can do to earn God's love. It was granted to us through the work of Jesus. He then goes on to say, though, which I think is so powerful, these are in verses 8, 9, and 10. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. I can't earn it. I can't try hard enough. I can't go to too many services. I can do nothing to earn this. It is a gift of God, this grace. It's not a result of my works. I don't perform. I don't do more for God in order to earn his grace and his favor in my life so that no one may boast. But then he says this final statement that I think is so powerful, for we are his workmanship. We're his workers. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, it's very important to understand why we do what we do for God. 
if I do works as a servant of God to earn his love, I basically take the cross and the resurrection and I make it null and void. Because of what Christ has done in my life, we're called to do something about it. Faith and action. But if I put my action before I put faith in Christ, what happens is I tend to think that what I do is earning God's love. We don't do anything to earn God's love. It's a free gift through the death, the burial, and resurrection. There's nothing we can do to earn his love and his grace and his mercy. It's been given to us through the cross. But it means that we're called to do something about what we have with this gift. We're called to be his workers. We're called to play a part in his kingdom. We're called to do something with what Christ has done in our lives. We're his workmanship. We've been created in Christ Jesus for good works. And I love this, which God prepared beforehand. In fact, God knew you so well knew how you were made, knows your personality, knows your gift set, knows your passions, knows what you love to do and what you don't love to do, and he's created that beforehand so that you can be used by him. I mean, think about that for a minute, that God loves me and you so very much that he's prepared beforehand the things that would fill the desires of my heart, the things that I'm passionate about, the things that you're passionate about, and he would use those beforehand to bring glory to his name. It's a really powerful thing to think about. And he says that we should walk in them. It means that I must take these gifts it must take the things that I'm good at, the things I'm passionate about, the things I love to do, the things I feel uh, excited about doing. I should take these things and I should walk them out and use them to build his kingdom. That's why we came up with the phrase, we need to stop going to church. It's an interesting phrase if you think about it because a lot of times we think church is only isolated to Sunday at 10 a.m., which is our service here. And so we, we create the language, well, I go to church. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Yeah, we come to a service, absolutely. But you and I know that our faith is much more than this room right here. Our faith is much bigger than the gathering of this room right here. Our faith is meant to be lived out in every part of our lives. And so we've been building to this moment in our church. We've been asking, I've been asking you to consider and to pray where has God gifted you? What are the things that God has put on your heart? Where is God calling you to be his church? To live in a way that's sacrificial, to give up things you love for things you love even more. And so today I'm gonna to take the remaining of our time. I'm gonna get very, very practical. I'm gonna give you a lot of information. You're probably gonna leave a little bit with your you know, deer in the headlights feeling. But again, I'm gonna ask every person in the room, even if you're a guest here today and you're never coming back because you don't like how I look, totally fine, okay? But listen, I'm gonna ask every single person to grab out this card and I'm gonna walk through every single step on the back of this card. And I'm doing this again because I believe that God's gifted you and that you have something to offer this body of Christ. That God has bestowed upon you and I gifting, ability, and he can use you for his good. Now, let me be clear with this card because last Sunday at our Marysville campus, 
Everyone filled out this card as well. Now, obviously, they're much bigger than ours in number. I'll just tell you how many we had. 489 cards were filled out last Sunday, okay? So I think we'll be able to handle the people in this room. But I want to explain what this card means. First of all, when you check a box on some of these cards, this does not mean you're committing to these things. I don't want, to, I don't want anybody to think, you know, once you're signing on the dotted line, that means you're doing it. I'm not, that's not what this card is meant to be. This card is really meant for information purposes. By, by checking certain boxes, there's going to be information that's sent to you this week. As a church, we've created a very thorough follow-up strategy where you'll be hearing from us in the next 48 hours once you turn this card in. Now, let me clarify a couple things here. If, for example, under the love God here, you check, listen to the Grow Family podcast, attend worship night, and pizza with the team, you are more than likely going to get three different emails about three different things because you check three boxes. So this week, when your email's blowing up and your phone's blowing up, it's your fault. Okay, it's all your fault, all right? Okay, the other thing is you should check your junk, your junk mail because a lot of times we send emails to the information that we have on file, but sometimes for whatever reason, our church emails go to junk mail, so you would wanna check your junk mail. The last thing I wanna say is, is this one step and then we'll walk through this. If you already do one of these things on here, let's say you already are serving in a certain area, let's say you already give to this church, awesome you don't need to check the box, okay? We don't need to know you already do it because technically we already know you do it, if that makes sense, okay? So these are for new steps that you're taking. Now, let me talk the vision of the church and then we're gonna walk through this card. Vision of the Grove is very simple. Love, connect, serve. Love God, connect with each other, serve all. Love, connect, serve. So the card is broken down in these three categories for that very reason. So let's get into it. Love God. Obviously, salvation's on there. If you're in this place and you have yet to put your faith in Jesus, best decision you could ever make. Absolutely, 100%. We want you to know Christ and know his work in your life. Another thing on here, baptism. It says in parentheses, tonight at 6 p.m. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, but you've not been water baptized, today's your day. You didn't even know today was your day, but today's your day. You literally can get baptized tonight, okay? And we'll talk about that here in a little bit, a little bit more. Another love God environment. We do a thing called pizza with the team. It's basically a quarter event every quarter where we meet somewhere here in Snohomish, grab some pizza, you get to meet the team, you get to hear about the vision of the church, you get to know what we're about, why we do what we do. So if you are interested in that, check the box. Okay, it's funny because the one on here says attend weekly. You may not know this, but the average American family only attends a service about once a month. That's, that's, that's normal today in 2019 that I see you today and I won't see you again until October 22nd, okay? I mean, that's just a reality, okay? But you and I both know that the gathering of God's people is meant to bring encouragement in life. And so for some of you, you may go, you know what? As a family, as a couple, as an individual, I'm gonna start attending weekly and be a part of God's church, Another one, attend worship night. That's coming up. I talked about the beginning of the message. This Friday night, an opportunity for us just to worship God, invite his presence in the room, and see him do incredible breakthroughs in our lives. We have both the Marysville campus and the Snohomish campus, the worship team that Jordan and Scott lead. They're going to be serving together, and it's going to be an incredible night of worship. Another one on here. The giving ladder. Give financially. I'm going to put that up on the screen here. I talked about this 
earlier this year. But the giving ladder goes something like this. Up on the screen for me there, Jasmine. Giving ladder. Okay. So this has to do with giving financially to the church. A lot of times people are new to church and they may have never given to the church before. They've never given any single thing. Well, your first step may be what we call a first-time giver. I have not given to the mission of the Grove Church. Awesome. I would encourage you today to take a step and start giving something. It could be as simple as $10 that you start giving to the mission of the Grove Church. From there, maybe you can move into an occasional giver. I give to the mission of the Grove, but not consistently. So we're going to ask that you take a step and start making it a regular thing. From there, you can see there's progression. There's a percentage. A lot of people who aren't familiar with the church don't have any idea that the tithe is the tithe. So we say, hey, you know what? Maybe today your step is go, you know, I've been giving like 2%. I'm willing to go from two to four. Cool. Praise God. He'll bless you. He'll provide for you. He'll take care of your needs. And you can move your way along the ladder up to tithe and up to irrational. But again, for those who have yet to give, that might be a step you need to take today to choose to start giving regularly, consistently, or begin to tithe. Last three there, follow the Bible reading plan. We have a Bible app that we use, version. Every single year we read through the Bible as a church. It's an awesome opportunity for accountability purposes that we're all reading the Bible together. So maybe for you, your step is, man, I need to start reading the Bible. I need to start reading it every single day. It's awesome because we have a group for our church. I don't know, there's probably about 40 or 50 of us. And there's times where, you know, you miss a few days. I think I'm behind a few days. That's life. But it's cool because you can kind of see, oh, cool, they, they're reading it too. They're reading it too. Oh, wow, there's comments. and there's. But again, the Bible, taking it in and reading it every day. Last two on here, we have a podcast, Grow Family Podcast you can subscribe to. Get some great resources for your family. Or you can subscribe to the Bible podcast that walks through what we're reading in Scripture. Takes you a little bit more deeper in learning about the Scriptures. So that's the love God part of this card. Connect with each other. There are things like Grove Men. We just had one recently. All ate steak, hung out at Outback here in Snohomish. Grove Women. You saw the comedy night that's coming up. There's men's conference. There's a, a retreat that we do every, way for, every year for gals. There's becoming a member. Membership, being invested, fully committed to the vision of the Grove Church, or there's joining a life group, right? We want people to connect. We're seven days away from all of our life groups launching, and so maybe in here today you go, you know, man, I've never been in a small group or a life group. I would love to do that, or I'd love to open up my home for a group, or hey, if you're looking for leaders, I would love to lead a group, any one of those things, or you just want to join a group. Check the box, get connected in relationship with people. Okay, these serve all ones here. So you'll see there's some not so frequent annually, and then we're going to jump into the regular ones. And again, I know I'm going fast because I want to end with uh, some baptisms. So for example, every year the Grove Church does mission trips all around. Right now we're actually currently working on one for the Bahamas, not for a vacation. Okay, so we're not going there for vacation. We're going there for recovery work uh, with a hurricane that just happened there. And it's looking like somewhere in January, February. So if you want to be a part of a team that's going to go to the Bahamas and do recovery work as a church, both campuses coming together and blessing people and helping those in need, man, I want to know about that trip, mission trips. Uh, this fall in November, we're taking a trip to the Philippines, doing amazing work with kids. I think that team's already full, but every single year there are trips that we do for missions. Another one on here, give to the gift. 
That's our Christmas outreach. Every single Christmas, our entire church sponsors families in need. We bless the socks off people who are broken and hurting and desperately need some help. And so financially, man, you're like, I want to give to that. I'll give to the gift. Cool. Awesome. Fight hunger coming up. Beginning of November, we'll partner with the Snohomish Food Bank. We're going to do a neighborhood challenge where you collect food in your neighborhood. We're going to rush Freddy's at Snohomish Fred Myers and shop there and bless the socks off of the food bank. In seven days, we're going to fight hunger and just take care of the food bank so they can be helping families in need. iHeart, probably the biggest outreach that we do as a church. Again, these are annual things that we do. And then the last one here that I'm going to ask some prayer for is serve at Snohomish Carnival. One of the things I was working on this week is we really want to put on a gigantic carnival here in Snohomish on Halloween night for families in the community as well as for our families. Um, But my location fell through a few days ago. And so just be praying because I'm like, I put it on the card. So uh, we're doing it. Um, Pray for the location because we don't don't know where that's going to be yet. But pray that God would give us the right location here, here somewhere in town. So those are the annual ones. Again, doesn't mean you're doing them, but it it means you want information or you want to be a part and the follow-up will happen. I think the next part of this card is probably, in my opinion, the most important of our church and our current reality. I talked a few weeks ago about the fact that we have to get deeper as we grow because God is really growing our church. So you'll see that these are sometimes monthly or weekly or bi-weekly commitments. For example, you have the first impressions team. Those are people who are on a greeting team, the the hub team, the the info area, the ushering team that help with the collection of the offering and different cards that we collect like today. Hospitality team, people who are really friendly and like talking to new people. Um, And then a couple things on here that we've yet to establish as a campus, our security team and our parking team. The two things currently that we don't even have in existence at this church, one is a security team. And that's something that we need to move towards. As we have service and we have gatherings, we need to have a team of people, um, usually two by two, that are walking around the premises and keeping our building safe while we're having service and experiencing what God's doing. And so you're like, hey, I love security and that sounds like something I want to do. Cool. You check that box, you might be the one that leads it. I don't know, because it doesn't exist yet. Um, The other one, the parking team. This is always a fun one to talk about in the Northwest, because we all drove in today and it was pouring down rain and no one wants to be out there. However, there are actually people in this room that I believe that you would love that. You would love to hold an umbrella and help walk people to the building. You'd love to get the flag and the vest and wave people into spots. This is not just standing at the entrance and smiling at people. This is literally helping people find parking spots and making it to be a welcoming, friendly place. But those two teams don't exist yet. Setup team, teardown team. Okay, these are, these are really, really big teams in our church. And again, we're, we're a unique church. We're a mobile church. We set up, we tear down, and we do that every single Sunday. So for some in this room, you're going to join the setup team. And you're like, man, I don't know if I want to join the setup team. No, you do, because it's, it's a blessing. No, I'm kidding. But here's the reality of the setup team, because I want to make sure you understand it. We, we get here about 7.15 in the morning on a Sunday, and we make this place happen for all of us to experience service. And here's the thing. Some of you are like, I'm never signing up for that team, right? But I do believe there are people in this room, you go, man, that's easy. I can do that. I can show up and help set up. I can show up and make things happen. That's no problem. Cool. That's you. For some, it's the teardown team. 
when we all go home and we head off to our activities this afternoon, there'll be a team here closing up shop, packing up that trailer and making things happen. And again, as we grow, we got to get deeper in these teams. There's worship team, what you experience today, being a part of leading people in God's presence. There's the production team, all these amazing people that run, you know, slides and sound. And there's our lights and all these different things that make service happen. There's the, the Grove Youth Team as we relaunch GYC and have an environment for students. Maybe you want to be invested in caring for students. There's the Join the Make a Meal Team. Maybe you sit here today and, man, I love cooking. I love making meals. I love delivering meals. That's me. I don't want to be on the stage. I don't want to be on a microphone, but I want to be serving in that way. Awesome. We have people that need meals all the time in the church, outside the church, and you can join that team. Last one on there that I want to take a few minutes on is the Grove Kids team. When you think about children, and again, it's, it's no surprise if you've been in church for any length of time, churches, the church, our church, always needs people to serve in kids. Can I hear an amen? Right? It's just a reality. It's like, it's never, it's never not a need. That's poor English, but it's always a need. And one of the things that we talk about that I want you to maybe think a little bit differently about when you see something like the Grove Kids team is I want you to think about this question and I'm going to have the worship team come up and we're going to respond with the cards. But what is the faith of the next generation worth to you? I want you to think about that for a minute. What is the faith of the next generation worth to you? Because one day we're all going to be old and gray and gone and God's church is still gonna remain. And the question becomes is, in my mind, it's worth everything. It's worth the investment in teaching them who Christ is. It's worth the time and the energy to show them God's love. It's not just childcare and who cares, and it's just free babysitting. It's much, much bigger than that, in my opinion. And so I want you to ponder that question when you see that team on there, because I think they're worth everything. I think the next generation loving Jesus and the next leader to raise up and the next pastor and missionary and next Christ-centered family, I believe it's worth everything. But when you see that on that card, you go, oh, yeah, they definitely need kids. I want to encourage you to think differently about that because they are our future. They are our hope. And they're the ones that will be leading our church when we are long gone. Can I hear an amen? Last thing I want to say about this card, and again, I'm asking every single person in the room to take a step. I'll actually be calling you this week if you don't. No, I won't do that. But I'm asking every single person to take a step on this card. But this is the last thing I want to say about this, and then we're going to do something for baptism. I want you to hear from my heart today that I really believe it's a privilege and an honor to be the church. I've grown up in church my whole life. I had an amazing example in both my parents of what it means to be the church. But I find it to be a privilege to serve God's church. And before I ever got paid to do this, before I ever became a staff member, before I ever was in that kind of role, I served and laid my life down for the church. And why? Because one time years ago, Christ did that for you and me. He laid down his life for us. And so I don't want you to feel pressure. What I want you to feel is God's Holy Spirit challenging you to be his church challenging you that it's not just enough to come and see, we have to come and do. Why? Because you and I have neighbors and we have coworkers and we have family members that yet to know who Jesus is. 
And it's our responsibility to create a place where they can come and hear about Jesus. And so when you're looking at a card like this and go, man, I don't have time, I don't have the mind, uh, uh, I want you to know, it's you're called to be the church. It's time for you to jump on board. It's time for you to use the gifts that God has given you. Can I hear an amen? Last thing I wanna do today is, I wanna talk about that baptism step for just a minute. I did this last time and I always feel compelled to do it again, but I wanna ask this question for you today and my buddy Eli's gonna help me here, but if, if you're in this place today and you've put your faith in Jesus, you say, man, he's my Lord, he's my savior, he's my king, I've surrendered to him. You're like, man, but I've never been baptized. Can I encourage you that today's your day? Today's your day. Tonight's your night. You go, what do you mean? Well, I have shirts right here for you. And you go, you know, that's me. I wanna get baptized tonight. I have repented. I put my faith in Christ. I know him. He's my Lord and my savior. And tonight I'm gonna see you at the place here in Snohomish and I'm gonna get baptized. If you're in this place, you go, you know what? That's me. Today's your day. So I wanna give you that opportunity right here in this moment. You go, are you literally asking me to raise my hand and you're gonna throw me a shirt and I'm gonna meet you at 6 p.m. tonight and I'm gonna get water baptized? That is exactly what I'm asking of you. So if you're in this place, by the power of God's spirit, same power that rose Christ from the dead, lives inside of you and lives inside of me and you go, man, I'm getting baptized tonight. I wanna give you that opportunity. Is there anyone here you wanna get baptized tonight? You're already getting baptized, Ruby. I'll see you tonight. Anyone? Man, that's me. I want to get water baptized. All right. Awesome. Well, let's pray. And then we'll, Ryan will come transition us here for offering and collecting of these cards. Let's pray for God's spirit to continue to move. Lord, we thank you and praise you today that it's a good day in our church. It's a significant day, God, because we're all taking steps towards living for you and following you. And I thank you, God, that the gifts that you have inside of us are gonna be used to be your church. And so I pray, God, even now in the coming days and weeks, as new spaces for kids are launched, as new people are gonna join teams, as people are gonna begin to use their gifts to be your church, I pray, God, more than anything, you would just draw people to you. God, who will be the next person to say yes to you? God, will it be our neighbor? Will it be our coworker? Will it be a family member? Will it be a stranger? Who will be the next person that says yes to you, Jesus? So we pray for that. We believe in that. We trust you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Snohomish Sermon Podcast. If you want to keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.